You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me today is Ross Davidson. Hello. Craig Devine. Hello. And Sam Smith. Alright. So uh, well, we've just watched the Hibs game so we may as well go straight into it and I'll, I'll, I think we'll go to Ross for his thoughts on the match. <laughs> uh, good one out as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Not good enough. Um, no, in all seriousness, it's a pretty shite game, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think both sets of fans would probably say that. It wasn't up to much, but just beaten by a bad quality in the end. Good goal from, from Nisbet. Can't take that away from him, but shocking defending in the first instance. Um, I think Ethan should do a lot better, which we've said a couple of times now, recent times. But nah, a poor game and uh, no really much to talk about. Overall, it was one of those kind of shite mid-December games that nobody really likes so um, and that's the end of the, the unbeaten run which was going to come to an end anyway at one point but just disappointing it was to Jack Rossi's mob <laughs> Well uh, I think the, the the big thing that we can take away from this game is how much our midfield needs Jake Doyle Hayes there was a, a big personality missing in that middle of the pitch it, it's quite like tells a lot that how different we approach a game when he's not there. The midfield didn't really look settled, but I mean, Hibs midfield wasn't really up to much either, to be fair. So it's kind of a it was a frustrating match to watch. Um, but as you said, beaten by a bit of quality, it was a really good finish from Kevin Nisbet. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Ethan probably should have done a bit, bit better on that, but I think he kind of learnt from that a wee bit and was a wee bit better throughout the match defensively as well. But yeah, it didn't look like you could have played that game twice over and we probably wouldn't have scored. Yeah. Uh, it was just a very nothing game. It just looked as if it was two teams that were just too fair to actually have a go at one. I said that to Craig before you just came on. It just kind of two teams were just so scared to actually attack. I think we only really had a couple of half decent chances. I think Dermis, if we scored that, it could have been a different game and we're sitting here chuffed to get a point. But uh, I think the only kind of annoying part of the game obviously losing as well but Mason's red card was pretty stupid it was two tackles he could have just he's fast enough to probably make up the pace and Boyle doesn't need to dive in for the second one either mm-hmm. and he's uh, done his tail have been suspended for Saturday but luckily now I think if that was at the start of the season would have been done in with the kind of 
amount of injuries, suspensions, etc. But I think we'll be alright. Tate will just kind of slot back in and we can put Dermis back in for start with a go at counting Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree, I think, on your point with Jake Doyle-Hayes. just think it shows you what we're missing when he's, he's not there. He's just lacked a bit of composure in the middle of the park, a wee bit of creativity. And last few games that he's played, we've been excellent, he's been excellent. He's been on the ball more often than not, made us tick and... Uh, it's quite obvious that that was lacking tonight when he wasn't there. We just we don't really have somebody that could step up in his uh, absence and kind of take on his role, which is a shame. But he's he's just fast become a vital player to us, mm-hmm. considering how in the short space of time he's been here. Uh, Mason Redcard was was bonkers, as Sam says. He's he's fast enough to. It's not as if it was Josh Jonas getting beat for pace there. Mason could have caught him no problem. Uh, it was a bit of a stupid red card to take, but I think I text you guys in the group chat that he's maybe wanting a wee festive band to get back down the road, get away from you, playing on Saturday, um, get to see the, the family over Christmas, which is uh, a bit of a cynical viewpoint, but uh, there's no other explanation for his mental red card because I was just... Yeah, it was stupid. Aye, completely stupid and not needed. Uh, one of the kind of positive things that we can take away from today, but maybe not the match itself, is um, the reports that Jake Doyle Hayes is close to extending his deal. Um, if that is the case and that gets seen through, then that is some unbelievable, uh, ugh, unbelievable bit of business, is what I meant to say there, done by the club. <laughs> Aye, excellent. Um, I think we were all resigned to him leaving mm-hmm. more or less as soon as we signed him and we seen him for the first time we thought he's not staying here for long so if uh, Goodwin can work his magic he already worked a bit of magic getting him to sign for us in the first place mm-hmm. considering how highly rated he was and where he came from if he manages to convince him to sign an extension it's it's incredible business and if the rumours are to be true then that's uh, better than any signing we could make in the January window really or anybody we could bring in mm-hmm. What I see in it, I mean, wonder if they've maybe announced that a wee bit too early that he's going to sign an extension. But you'd have to think that if they've come out and said that he's going to or they expect him to, then it's pretty much concrete. But um, I think certainly tonight, a user spot on tonight really showed how much we miss a player like him in the midfield. Um, we've got nobody else that can really fill that kind of role. Um, vital for me. So if we manage to get him tied down, that's like a new signing ahead of January. Mm-hmm. I think it was quite hard watching Ethan sort of try to play the role that Jake's played the last few games. I think Ethan's passing sometimes is a bit off. I think there was a few times tonight he was a bit ropey, he was kind of giving the ball away a few times. I don't know if that's obviously just because he has been playing a wee bit further forward and we have had Jake Doyle Hayes kind of sitting in behind, but it was just a bit of a miss tonight, not having a guy who can hit the passes he does. I don't know if it could have been a lot, of, it could have been a very different game if we had him, but mm-hmm. what's done's done. Aye. I think he, he certainly was missed in terms of something like McGrath's performance because he had to kind of drop back a wee bit too much and I wonder if he just had a wee bit too much to do tonight, um, missing him. Yeah, I think it had a knock-on effect throughout the team, like, um, like especially with all, all the jobs that he's done. Um, as a as a bit frustrating, but hopefully it's only a, a minor knock that he's got and he's not out for much longer and that contract gets signed. Um uh, talking more about the actual match as well. Uh, I'm not like uh, Lee Irwin was never a player I was a hundred percent sure about. I was intrigued when he when he signed for us and you know he scored that goal against Celtic. But I I cannot see 
the reason why he started this match over Abika today. Like, in, um, I think we saw when Obika came on, um, the kind of difference that he adds to our forward line rather than what Erwin gives us. And um, yeah, I, I can't imagine him starting the next match against Ross County. And I think that'll be Obika's place. Aye, um, I, I think he's maybe rewarded him with scoring that goal at the weekend and, mm-hmm. and allowing him to stay in the start in 11, but he's not done himself much good, I, I hope, to stay there in the future. I mean, just talking, Abika, obviously, when he was on the park, he was presented with that chance, he tried to dink the keeper, and then the only other thing of note, really, was that free kick that he won mm-hmm. um, further up the park, a bit intelligent free kick to win. I, I just can't see uh, Erwin ever doing that, he didn't do that when he was on he, he, let's be honest, he didn't really do anything against St Johnson alright, he scored the goal, which is a good finish, but other than that he, he was really poor and he's been really poor since we've signed him to be honest, I didn't get the point of signing him, I thought he was poor at Ross County he's not the same player that we once seen when he was at Leeds eh, at Motherwell when he went to Leeds I just didn't quite understand why we signed him in the first place and there's nothing that he's shown um, to me anyway that he should be starting over a beaker mm-hmm. uh, at all. Unless John's struggling or whatever, then fair enough. But uh, I would even give Dennis a run out if you're starting somebody else instead mm-hmm. of a beaker to see what he can do. He's not really had a chance. But um, for me, uh, Erwin's well done the pecking order. Mm-hmm. We kind of touched it before on it before the, um, the podcast started there about uh, Christian Dennis. And um, it, it's hard to see what kind of player that he is but we're saying that he's um kind of suffering from the way the, um the sort of covid things happening where we aren't we don't have any under 20 games and any reserve matches for him to play and he looks like a player that would that needs to settle a bit more but has not really been given the chance to um he kind of we kind of saw some bits from him when he first came in but then he picked up that injury then obviously the season was very stop start um and he's not really had really a chance to go out and shine like I definitely wouldn't start him over Obika but um, yeah I, th- I think once maybe football starts getting back to a bit more reg- like a regular kind of reserve league or under 20s match that he can play in uh, but God knows how long down the, the line that will actually come to fruition it may be a, he's on a two year contract maybe it's probably going to be next season where we're actually going to see a bit more from him I think anybody who's kind of cast a judgment over him, I've seen a lot of people kind of say, nah, Dennis is shite, but nobody can form a proper judgment on a guy who's, I don't even think collectively he's played 90 minutes for us, mm-hmm. surely, can he be? I think he might, if he has, he's only played just over it, he's not really had a proper chance to actually have a go in the team. I'd like to, I agree with Ross, I'd like to see him start ahead of Erwin. Erwin's had plenty of chances, whereas kind of Dennis really hasn't had a chance at all to go and shine. I'd, honestly, I think I'd, I'd rather probably, if he's going to start any of the other than Obika, I'd actually probably rather see Junior in than Erwin. Mm-hmm. I just I think uh, teams team, uh, kind of sort of panic when Obika's on and it's a guy that they struggle to deal with. I think defences look as if they're quite comfortable playing against Erwin. It's a guy who doesn't really move. it doesn't offer much in the air or physically. Just kinda, he's just there. It's just kind of, it helps other teams more than benefits us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you touched on Junior there and another quite good performance for him when he came on held the ball up really well attacked um, got a few balls into the box so uh, I think we're finding like it's took us a while but to find uh, Marias' real 
possession in our team, which is coming off the bench and giving the defenders something else a little bit to think about or if we're winning, go on and hold the ball into the corner. So, I mean, we, he's, he's played well the past few matches that he's came on. Like, any time he started, maybe he's not played well, but uh, he's definitely been showing something a wee bit more coming off the bench. Yeah, uh, I've been critical of him, as you know, and um, I kind of I deny that <clears throat> the St. Johnson game and uh, just I get the Hibs game there that he's come on and performed well, but I think we've discovered now that he, he's not a guy that can play through the middle. He's not a striker. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that... No. He, he's not a partner for a striker. He's not a partner for a big guy. He plays out wide. So he plays the role well without actually doing anything of note, really. He just plays the ball well, holds it up, lays it off to the better players or whatever, or sees the, sees the clock down by holding it in the corner or whatever. And if that is his, his position now, then fair play to him. He's a, he's a good asset to bring off the bench, but I'll never ever conform to thinking that he's a striker. He just can't score goals. He's no good in front of goal. But if we're going to bring him on and play him wide, then by all means do it, because it's particularly the St. Johnson game. Uh, I thought it was really, really good when he came on. And uh, carried out his tasks uh, well, so he can't really complain, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think back to that game, was it last? Well, obviously it was last season, because that was when he signed for us, but he came on um, and he played wide and everyone was raving about him afterwards, calling him the wee Hulk and everything, because he just absolutely gave the... Um, I can't remember who we were playing, but he gave the other team an absolutely torrid time. So I think that's probably, you're right, it is his, his role. He's never going to be the guy that scores the winning goal for us, or even a goal for us, but <laughs> he, he is going to come on and... Um, make things tough and there was a we'll probably go into this in a minute but um, against St Johnston the, the weekend there they held the ball up in the corner and nobody could get it off him just because he's, he's you know such a wee kind of strong best way you can describe him as a strong wee tank <laughs> <laughs> just, he, he's, a, he's a very big wee guy ah, he's, he's, the, he's the biggest wee guy I've ever seen I mean he must be about like 5 foot 4 but he, he probably weighs about 18 stone with the size of him he's just I've never seen him do with that kind of proportion before he, here's one for you, right? <clears throat> I'm willing to put my neck in the line here and say that his hold-up play is the best in our squad. Oh, without a doubt, I think. Uh, I think he's the best at holding the ball up out of anybody that we put in the front line. He just doesn't have the rest of it. Whereas right, other right. other guys have the rest of it, but can't hold the ball up. See, see when you look at something like... A really good touch. Like, see when you knock the ball up to him, the ball always sticks. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the other stuff he sort of struggles with. He's probably, if you look at kind of teams around about, is he's probably the best at holding the ball up. A lot, of, a lot of teams would love to have a player like that if he just could fucking score. Yeah, I know. Uh, Craig, you mentioned there that you've not seen some of the proportions of being five foot four and eighteen stone. You need to look about St. Mons fans a wee bit more. <laughs> the next match might not be muscle, but. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I'm not talking about any of our listeners. I'm saying it's, it's the ones that don't listen to us. That that's it's them I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> fuck them. But no, I, I, I've been overly critical of them as I have been manager included and a few other players. But I just uh, he's not a striker, you know. And um, the sooner we realise that, or it looks as if Goodwin has realised that. And he plays him out wide, um, the better. He might come on to a game, he might start start games now. Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, but just going back to the Dennis thing, I mean, he, ne- he needs a chance, he needs a run of games. He's not a guy that we've signed without goal scoring pedigree. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He does. He has scored goals down south. In my opinion, the level he scored goals at is probably equal to the Scottish Premiership or the Glens Vodka Scottish Premiership. <laughs> what I say. Um, he can score goals. I just think he's been really unlucky with the time that he's played for us or the minutes he's had in the park. He's not really been presented with any great chances that could maybe um, he could break his duck or, or, or he could even get shots at goal. It's just kind of half chances and things he's snapping at. He's almost trying too hard. Um, I would like to see him. I mean, if he's wanting, if Jim's wanting to keep Obika on the bench and bring him on with half an hour to go for a bit of impact, I would like to see Dennis start against uh, County on Saturday uh, over Irwin, to be honest. I think it's about time that we we stop trying by Irwin, which is a bit harsh after two games, but it just doesn't work. So try try somebody else up top if Abika's not the guy. I think with Dennis as well, when we when he is coming on, it tends to be towards the end of the match when we're chasing the match and we're we're hoofing the ball up. He's not a player who's going to out jump the the defender. And I think the style of play that we've been playing, um, especially like against Rangers, where our midfield was absolutely fantastic and playing nice balls into the striker. I, I genuinely think Christian Dennis could um, achieve quite a lot through that style of play. Uh, rather than just hoofing the ball up. So that could be something, especially against a team like Ross County, if if Jake Doyle Hayes is back and we're starting Connolly and like Dermis and we, we can we can control the midfield, I think um that could be a good game for Dennis if Obika doesn't start um to shine in or have the potential to show us as fans what he has to offer. Nah, nah, he mate, Ross County's defence are kind of pretty shite as well. And I think now that they've got Yogi in, Yogi will kind of try and get the defenders to pass the ball out for the back. He's done it every team he's at, so it could be a good, it could be a good game for Dennis to come in and actually, mm-hmm. if, the, I mean, a team like Cole Donaldson trying to pass it for the back is bound to have a few mistakes. <laughs> I was just about to say the exact same thing. It's it's going to interest me watching him try to play out for the back. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see if Goodwin goes with a two. Mm. Plays with two, we change the system a wee bit. Um, they will try and play out for the back, so we try and press uh, from the front onwards, and, and, and maybe partner Obika with Dennis. Maybe I don't know if he'll change the system too much, but uh, I reckon that could work. You know, Dennis could play not so much the Kubiak role for last year, but him and Obika might be a good partnership. We need to at least try it and see. Uh, give the guy a chance. I think some, as I said before, some of the chances that. Some of the, aye, some of the chances that the strikers have been presented with. If Dennis had them, you know, you you never know what would come off. He's just had half chances and, and things like that. So he needs a better, a better chance in the team for me anyway. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess we'd better talk about um, some of the the penalty decisions um, that went against us today. I, I say that I, I don't think any of them were penalties, but we'll, we'll talk about the. The, the first one, which was the Richard Tate one, which was actually a very good tackle from the, the Hibs player. Uh, it's never a penalty in a million years, and if if that was against us, yeah, there'd be strongly worded emails to the SPFL chief executive, <laughs> there'll be conspiracy theories, there'll be all sorts of nonsense. That is never a penalty in a million years. You, um, in fact, none of them were. Yeah. None of the shouts were. Towards the end, they got really desperate, really embarrassing to see, actually. Players literally throwing themselves at the ground and, and who, screaming who, for a penalty. They didn't, they didn't actually show you a replay for the last one. And was it McCarthy that went down? Because it showed you the... Yeah. yeah. It generally looked like 
he wasn't even touched and he just kind of done yeah. a twirl and fell. It was... Uh, Aye, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that, to be honest, at any level. But um, I hate. I hate to see that for any team, but particularly my own team. That that's really, really poor. And the the old one, I knocking it past the defender and then running into him and screaming for the penalty. I mean, I think it was McAllister that done it. Some of his teammates were screaming before McAllister even hit the deck. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really desperate stuff. Uh, I don't want to see that. Uh, it was especially the Tate one. That was that. Was like you say, that was a good tackle. I didn't understand the penalty shouts for that one at all. He completely won the ball with it, even touching him. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, you don't like to see that at all. But no, the the one at the end was McCarthy. Um, I didn't see anything in it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I need to see a replay before I judge it, but it doesn't really help when you've got your commentators for Sutton TV screaming a lot of shite every time a player goes down when it's a fibble <laughs> or a free kick. But I did have to just mute it eventually. Oh, I, I, just... I, I had Hibs TV um, commentary; they seemed quite reasonable. They were actually very like I'd probably say that's other than um, the one for it was Rangers. Um, that was probably one of the best commentary I've heard from a sort of other team's own. Like commentary team wasn't too biased. They were very fair on the commentary as well, and yeah, I'd like to see more of that. Do you I've think got it was as shite as we did. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to agree with you, Jamie. I thought they were they're really good. Tom McManus um, didn't catch the other guy's name, which is quite poor. But I thought the two of them were really good, really complimentary about Simon, which is not surprising because they seem to take everybody from Simon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, that I'll be surprised if the next game the Sitman TV commentators only working for Hibs TV. God. But no, they're very very complimentary. Even the kind of dubious Hibs penalty shouts were mm -hmm. quite um quite neutral about it. They they kinda looked at the incident without the kind of Hibs tint on it, you know, and mm -hmm. and gave a good a good view on it, which is is uh, not really the usual for clubs own TV channels, you know, if you've yes. ever had the misfortune of watching something at Celtic Park or Ibrox, it's uh, it's quite a brutal listen at some uh, sometimes or most <laughs> of the time. But no, I thought I thought their whole that sounds a bit wanky, but I, I thought their whole production of Hibs TV was really good, really well done, and uh, it's certainly worth watching. Obviously, I didn't pay the money for it; I watched it illegally, oh. so it doesn't matter. But um, I thought it was really well done, and that's the sort of products you want to see you know mm. uh, sort of commentary you want to listen to but to be fair I watched it sort of, sort of stuff you would pay 15 quid for I would actually <laughs> if I knew that's what I was getting it'd be 15 quid yep to be fair I watched it on Hesgo which had the Hibs TV commentary <laughs> but it had Malaysian TV adverts on it so it was on a Malaysian TV channel it was that was interesting but uh, aye fair play to them and I thought I, another sign of that we've already talked about the Mason red card but um, Christian Dodge's red card I think it was Tam McManus that said he's off before the referee had even made a decision because the referee kind of paused that moment before he actually decided what to do there. Um, but how that wasn't a straight red card, and I think Tam McManus even said that as well, that that should have been a a, a straight red card um, for the the elbow. Like, But yeah, I think I think the referee had an okay game. Yeah. I was just going to say, even on the back of what I said about the Hibs TV there, that... Uh, they were kind of debating whether it was a red and they seen the replay and as you said Jamie McManus uh, quite rightly said listen that's a straight red card no complaints where normally you would see them debate all that day long like, he never meant it he's not that kind of player mm -hmm. but it's, it's quite refreshing to see kind of 
level-headed commentary for a change and uh, all day long that was a red card that might as Sam said in the group that I think that might got upgraded I, I was a stick on mm-hmm. red he's checked where he was and then just banged him with the elbow I mean you won't see a clearer red card than that mm-hmm. and uh, we'll move on to uh, we'll, we'll talk about an actual win we can't be miserable all the time um, I, I'll leave it up to you guys mainly to talk about this because I have only seen the goals because I was working throughout the game but it was St Mirren 3, St Johnson 2 so uh, I'll open up to who wants to come in first and talk about that I have a go uh, I think it was, a, it was a game of two halves really. I think St Johnson actually but it ended up winning 2-1 without actually doing much in the referee's decision to Send off Jason Kerr kind of swung the game in our favour it was I think the second half was a bit of an onslaught we were on top of them all the way and the changes I was a bit kind of sceptical we had taken off the players that he did take off but nah, credit to Jimmy got it right and it was good to see uh, McAllister do as well as he did the two deliveries for the two goals were excellent it was good to see Erwin despite scored despite doing absolutely fuck all during the game <laughs> and how he lasted as long as he did is a mystery to me but no it was uh, the subs are positive everybody kind of contributed towards the game but uh, to find ourselves 2-1 down the way we did with that liability Sean I say was terrible <laughs> Aye that's it I would agree I mean um, that was the one I was at at the weekend I thought it was scrappy it was probably the best way to describe most of the game um, St Johnson kind of kept their shape really well and just made it really really difficult for us to play they didn't let us play our game at all um, the God, I'm going back a wee bit now, but the the penalty. So um, it kind of I couldn't really see it for where I was sitting exactly, but it did seem a bit soft at the time. And then I went back and watched it, and it definitely was you know a soft one. You'd be raging if that get given against you. Um, but apart from that, we kind of we just kind of struggled to get the game going at all. Really, um, I seen some people saying Shaughnessy was a bit at fault for both of the goals, but I didn't really think that was the case at all. Um, Certainly the the second one, he kind of sliced at the, the clearance, but um, was it Fraser should have done a, a hell of a lot better to kind of close that down. He, he kind of half-arsed it is the best way to describe it, really. Um, but, aye, what else can you say, really? I mean, I was I was another one that was on the kind of uh, Erwin needs to come off train and then he kind of popped up with the, the equaliser and totally shut me up as well. So that was good to see, but... Um, no, it was, you can't really call it a good game, but it was a good maybe last 15 minutes because that's when we started kind of playing. It's funnily enough, it was when um, St. Johnson kind of changed their shape to go a wee bit more defensive. I thought that actually somehow opened up a bit more space for us to to take it out um, and get our wide game kind of going a wee bit. And then McAllister obviously pops up with two two good crosses, which he, probably the first time he's done that for a couple of seasons, <laughs> to be honest. So it was good to see. Um, and then Obika's winner just three minutes before time was just kind of capping off a, what you wouldn't call it a, a, a robbery I'd say but um, aye, it was a pretty kind of even game until that point Yeah I just echo what the two guys said you know it um, shows strength of character to come back I mean the Simon team for two or three months ago we'd have lost that game no problem mm-hmm. um, we've, mm-hmm. we've certainly improved in that uh, circumstance I thought uh, just going back to the, the penalty it's obviously daft to put your hand on a player anyway and invite somebody to go down but you're not convincing me that that's a penalty a million years you know alright he's placed his hand on him the guy's hit the deck the ref could argue look shouldn't have done it and I wouldn't have gave a penalty but, but nothing's going to make you hit the deck there that's no 
enough to, to put, I think it was crazy. Um, the second one was a, a kind of sclaff clearance for Shaughnessy, which he seems to be getting abuse about, but Fraser needs to be tighter to that boy there. He, 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 as, as Craig says, he, if he closes him down, he doesn't get the shot away and it's not a goal. It's not Shaughnessy's fault. It's a half arse clearance. All right, I get that, but it, people seem to be levelling the two goals at Shaughnessy. I just don't understand that. I can't comprehend how Fraser's getting away scot-free, which is really lazy defending. He wasn't switched on enough and uh, didn't close the guy down quick enough. I think um, that's that echoes of Erehon tonight. Mm. I just take umbrage to that and Erehon at the um, the Rangers game as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't. He just gave up. He wasn't strong enough either. You uh, need to switch on at all times, and Fraser certainly didn't then. Mm. Um, I think um, talking about Fraser there was. Um, I think he has that in his game. There's a few times this season when I've seen it where he where he's just switched off, and you've and he and he doesn't tend to get the the abuse. From fans, I'm, I'm not saying go abuse Fraser, but, um, but um, the the abuse that Shaughnessy gets um, definitely should be shared slightly if if you're going to uh, look at it that way. But there has been a few times this season where I've seen Marcus Fraser kind of um, like turn off or not look interested for like twenty minutes of a match, and then but then he can turn it back on again. It's a, it's a really strange player sometimes. Yeah, he's had a few ropey games. He's flew under the radar for criticism, mainly because other guys in the team have had worse games, but. You're right, he's got that in his locker, he just kind of switches off ball watching for time to time and uh, we certainly get sucker punched with the, the St. Johnson goal down to him ball watching and, and no switching on quick enough but um, I, I, I thought that, um, as I said, strengths of character to come back and win that but we, after the sending off, which I, I don't think is a red card in my honest no. opinion, to be honest, I, I just I don't think that's a red at all. I actually yeah, see when the, the tackle went in, I kind of looked down at my phone for a second and just assumed it was going to be a yellow flashing up. And then when I looked mm. back up, the players walking off the park. Uh, it's clumsy. I mean, he's Aye. he's flew in, but to me, that's not a red card. And the and the the rules or the new rules, maybe Sam will be able to tell us probably. But uh, <laughs> to me, that's no. Yeah, that's mental getting red carded for that. It, he's missed him. I mean, he's not made contact at all. But Aye. that obviously helped us out. Um, I thought I've got to say I thought we abandoned our good play for a good period of that second half it was just long balls again to, to nobody to nothing um, Goodwin changed it and ultimately changed the game the subs were, were spot on I mean, that's the Kyle McAllister everybody's wanted to see mm-hmm. that's the Kyle McAllister that was Goodwin was talking about and he was rumoured to be that player at the start of the season that he's feeling fit he's lost a stone he's sharp as a tack and we've not seen him Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the kill McAllister everybody wants to see, and the, the subs paid off. It, it was fantastic subs for, for Goodwin, and a really good, well earned victory. I think against the St Johnson team, all right, didn't ten men who are a good side, mm-hmm. you know, decent, decent side, but a battle hard side. And um, as I said, two or three months ago, we would never have won that game, mm. but we did. So yeah, well, no, of course, <laughs> <aye>. <laughs> I think just to probably disagree with Ross Nath thought it was a red card and it? it's shite that you can get sent off for intent but I think it's in the rules now that you can get sent off for intent I think if he connects if Yoke's legs yeah. planted he's, there's a good chance he's probably breaking it and we're with a winger for the rest of the season so I think it's obviously sad that if he's missed him he did miss him completely never touched him I think Dermot's roles kind of 
added it. But as soon as a referee, I think if you look back at the stills, he's very, very, very high off the ground. He's still a control on it's I think. I think that obviously. Sorry, I think. I think. Sorry, on you go. <laughs> no, on you go, Jimmy. No, on you go. No, I was just saying. I think the fact that he has completely missed them shows how out Aye. of control of the tackle that he actually was, and I can Aye. see why it's been given a red. And if, if he does make any connection there, Dormus is fucked. Well, under the rules, maybe it's a red now, but for let, let's just not be a shite bag and go on with it. It's like we used to. Ah, you're right. Uh, what's the intent, though? I mean, he's not. Jinky's intended to completely mill them there. I mean, uh, he was a bit of a Bobby Boucher moment, wasn't it? He's just went for him. <laughs> it is a complete lunge. He's he's lunged in, so like I uh, just think it's really clumsy. I, I, I just, you see worse. Uh, it doesn't even get caught. Honestly, on a rush shirt. Well, no, that was no, that was a red. Let's not open that kind of arms again. <laughs> then, then. Oh, that picture! Look at the picture. <laughs> Two seconds before it. So there's there's a there's an argument then, right? So he, he's. Get sent off because he's clumsy and he's missed, right? Mm-hmm. But Shaughnessy should not get sent off because he's clumsy and he's studied the guy thigh high after he's kind of nicked the ball. Why, mm-hmm. why is that a red? Not a red, but the one that he's missed him is because one was false and one the other was against. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not no you, Sam. I just think sometimes it's, it's just hard to comprehend what it's, what's I, a red and what isn't these days, you know. It's hard to come around to earth because different referees obviously referee the game completely different for others but nah I think the one with Shaughnessy I think it was a bit up for debate because he did take the ball but he was high but it, Shaughnessy didn't really look out of control but that was obviously months ago I think uh, I screamed for a red card as soon as Kerr done it just because I like to <laughs> I like to see teams at a disadvantage when we're playing them but nah, nah listen, you were right mate he got, he got sent off I mean the ref seen it the way you've seen it so I think I said at the time to you that um, Sean is just trying to do Ross Stewart there, but see when you watch it back, he's just he hasn't. You know, it's it wasn't really a vicious challenge. But no, for me that's a red for uh, St Johnson, but it's debatable. So we'll see, I don't know if they've said they're going to appeal or anything, have they? Or? No, I don't. Think uh, so. Nah. I think uh, Calvin Davidson said after the game, he said it was a really really stupid tackle we make. I think it was kind of. I think they know. I think they knew that the. Well, got it spot on. At least one Davidson knows what he's talking about when it comes to football, so Callum <laughs> can fuck off. I think Callum, I think Callum really knows what he's doing to be fair. That's why the back change was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, we've already kind of touched on, we've got Ross County next. Uh, Yogi Hughes' return will definitely be an interesting watch. Yeah, I really like Yogi Hughes. To, to be fair, we we I think we, mo, me and you both agreed on this, Ross, about mm-hmm. the style of the, the players we have and his style of football would match really well together. Aye, that's who I wanted in if we get rid of Goodwin. And I'm not going to uh, beat about the bush about that. I'm not going to hide behind that. That's who I wanted as the next manager if we get rid of Goodwin. I think, uh, the as you said, the players we have and the football he wants to play suits us perfectly. Can you believe you're saying that? We need Holloway's out of your job. <laughs> I think uh, he gets a hard time because he's got this kind of thick uh, Edinburgh accent. He seems a bit dim, but I mean, y- you listen to any guy that's played under him or, or anybody that's been part of his coaching staff or whatever. I mean, they rave about this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the stuff he done with Inverness, with like, he, he 
and a lot of the players on that team weren't they, weren't they particularly great footballers but he managed to get a lot out of mm-hmm. what he had I think the issue with when he was up at Inverness seemed to be when he started bringing in his own players some Aye. of them were kind of a bit off the mark and that was what ended up getting him to lose his job but he's one of the managers that I'm quite kind of wary that the fact that Ross County have got him he'll get a lot out of that squad there's a lot of good footballers in that Ross County team and he'll know up front that Stuart's a great striker and they'll get the most out of him as well so Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the good thing is if Ross County go on a run and we keep going on a run then Hamilton drop back down into 12 and the job he's yeah. going to finally flush oh, that would be fantastic that's, news that's the best case scenario isn't it think ah, you still yeah. get your away day in Dingwall I hope so I hope so <laughs> you never but, know that, yeah. that appeal might come in our favour as well and that'll help cement them back down the bottom yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with that to be honest I personally don't think it's going to change but People seem to have a different view on it, but I just think it will stay as as it was, as it was um, given at the time. But I generally, I generally think with the SPFL decision making, it is generally a spin of the wheel, and who knows where it will land. Aye. My, my body is they take the the awarded points off the two teams, and they just dock us <laughs> six points instead. Uh, yeah, I could see us getting like two six 0 losses instead of three 0 losses for just even I think yeah, I don't, the SPFL don't really. I don't know. A lot of people are kind of saying that oh, they can't take points off a of Hamilton and Motherwell, but the Serie A took points off a of Juventus. What the fuck did the SPFL need to worry about Hamilton and Motherwell? Like Chipper and Chipper's hardly going to kick up a bit. Getting points yeah. taken back after them, they did get. I think even Robinson, Stephen Robinson, and Brian Rice both said they wanted the games played. So mm-hmm. I think hopefully a bit of common decency comes into it and accepts it because there's leagues all over the world now cancelling fixtures and letting mm-hmm. them rearrange it. But obviously, we did break the rules, we made an arse it, but I don't think you should be punished on the pitch for stuff that's no. happened off the pitch. It's got fuck up with the football. So I, th- I think it's quite telling mm-hmm. that the like the, the 12 teams voted in favour of no forfeited matches and the matches to be replayed uh, I think that will go in our favour on the appeal and like I said the SPFL decisions are mental like have you seen the South Park episode where like the economy crashes and how they decide what to do with the economies like chop, chop the chicken's head off and see where it lands on the wheel I generally imagine that's what it's like in Hamden <laughs> fucking bit far off it aye I think so I think uh, Neil Doncaster was on the Quarter bottle like Lens Voss coming, he's making these decisions <laughs> to be honest before. But um, I don't know what will happen, as you say, it's just a spin of the wheel to see what um, they decide what happens to teams. But I'll be interested, I think it's I'll be interested to speak to Robinson and Rice now if they want the games played. They were obviously at the time where we were pretty shy, mm-hmm. didn't win for a while, but I'll be interested to see if they want to come up against us at one team now. Aye, they want to keep their three points. Motherwell definitely. I think Motherwell, if they get the six points taken off them, would be sitting second bottom. So, yeah, exactly. One thing I've seen a lot of, um, especially I know we've just lost, but we're obviously on this good run, and we might get these two games back to play. But do you think there's any chance of us hitting top six this season? I've seen a lot of talk of that online, and I don't know. I'm not comfortable with. Aye. I, 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 there is. I, I'm not going to say that we, we will, but I'm, I'd say there's definitely a chance. I think there's a lot of teams round about there that are no better than we are, or on, on our day we are better than them, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I have full confidence in this team that we have, and if we play to the best of our abilities, that we will be clear of a relegation scrap. We won't even be looking at that playoff spot. We can move away from that. 
And if the appeals go in our favour and, yeah, say you, you, you go and beat Hamilton, I'm not saying that that's a guarantee. We, we know what someone like. We'll probably get these games back and draw them or lose them. Um, we we I generally think that we can mount a challenge enough to be in the top six. Like, we're not that far off at the moment. Like, I can't see why we wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, we've certainly got a squad capable of it. We've said it uh, a few times now that... Um... We shouldn't be kind of scrambling about the bottom of the league. We've got players, we've got a top six squad. It's just if we can manage to get the manager to get that out of them. And it looks as if he, he is doing so now. Um, I'm certainly more confident than I was a good few months ago, particularly fixtures at home. Mm-hmm. It now starts to feel not like a fortress. I'm not going to say that, but I'm confident going into every home fixture that we can get something out of the games. And that's the first time in a long, long time I've felt like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe no away fixtures, but if we can certainly win our home games or or avoid defeating our home games, we've got every chance of uh, breaking into that top six. As you said, Jamie, I think the the middle of the league's much of muchness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were saying in the group chat the other day. I think it might have been Sam that mentioned there's there's three or four or five teams there that our squad on paper is far better than. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no excuse why we can't be in around that top six come the end of the season or. Let's not forget if it, if life gets as serious as it seems to be getting, then when the league is called, we need to um, be up there or be away from the bottom anyway, which we should be mm-hmm. based on ability anyway. And based I, on I performances think, at the moment. I, I don't think we need to worry about the relegation spot or the playoff this year. I think, I think we'll be well clear of that. I think there's teams that are quite clearly worse than a lot of other teams. I think Hamilton do look finally like this year, look, they will. And uh, it depends, I think, obviously for Yogi, hope, hopefully for our sake, it's a Rafe Rovers job that he ends up doing and ends up making it ten times worse than what he walked into. But uh, I think for Ross County, they're obviously bringing in a manager who's going to want to try and get them to pop it out for the back. And that takes a long time to implement. And when you've got some pretty average or below average defenders, it's going to be quite hard to do. So uh, I can see, uh, I, I think I'll still stick with Hamlin and Ross County for the bottom two and then maybe St Johnston and Thames but everything else up for that's very much up for grabs mm-hmm. Such a tight league as well Right You know it's going to be one of these seasons we'll finish 7th before the split but after the split we'll end up with like 5 more points in the team in 5th <laughs> and 6th and we just don't get it because of the way the league works I would absolutely love for the fact us to finish like a point above 7th into 6th place and then go on a massive losing streak <laughs> lose all our matches end up 10 points behind 7th place and just be like ah, get up yes. <laughs> especially if it's Hamilton yeah. <laughs> I think uh, just for a Hamilton point of view I think if they get in they could really struggle they could get in and do mm-hmm. again they'll uh, their bubble will burst eventually I can see them having a right torrid time if they get in mm-hmm uh, yeah, I, I said that to my pal the other day. I think if Hamilton get in, Hamilton are done for good. There's Aye. no chance they'll get back up. I think they actually they surely have a budget lower than a lot of the teams in yeah. the championship as well. I think Queen's Park and teams like that are probably paying about the same money as Aki's in. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a shame, obviously, they've been here for long enough. And I, I do kind of hate seeing a lot of people saying that they hate seeing them in the league because they don't deserve it. Now they're there on merit. They've, mm-hmm. They're the ones who've battled every year and stayed up. And, Kind of fought for everything, but uh, I think hopefully this year's the year, and hopefully we never play them again after this. Year. <laughs> I, I I agree with Sam on that, and just going back to the Ross County thing, I think the thing that Yogi's got in his favour is uh, Roy McGregor likes spending money, particularly in January when things aren't going right. 
And if uh, Yogi has um, the chance, you might see the full a full turnaround in that squad, particularly centre halves that can bring the ball out <laughs> to the back. You know, if he's ever going to have a chance to keep them up with a team in the Premier League come January, it would be Ross County because McGregor throws money every every January. Throws money at the managers and and the fear of going down. Well, hopefully we are above Ross County. Um, anyway before they rise up the league or if they do but mm. um, ah, you never know really to be honest but we'll see mm-hmm. but, uh, and I, I think you mentioned that there Sam as well about like teams like Queen's Park I think when Hamilton go down like there are a lot of lower league teams with like really big ambitions and I think we'll see a few teams drop away and stop challenging for that top thing while these other teams kind of take their place Um uh, yeah, uh, uh, we've also got Rangers coming up soon at home. Uh, maybe Mason being red carded will mean he's fresh for that one because it's only a one match ban and two yellows in it. Aye. 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 So he'll be back in there to remind Tav who's boss. Um, oh, Tav, is it? Oh, big team found. Ah, <laughs> I'm only doing that because uh, I know for a fact I probably won't pronounce his name correctly. Is it Tavernier or <laughs> Tavernier? No. Exactly. Was it the boy in the uh, sports round the other night? Get, uh, he said he was a Rangers fan, but he got every single Rangers player's name wrong. It was like Tavernar. Tavernar. Junga. Morales. Is it, uh, you ever listen to Pat Bonner on Sports Sound? He's, oh, he's the worst at that. He's the worst at that. But um, I Tav, Jamie, okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Aye. Surprised you don't just start calling him brother. Well, mentioning surnames, we did put a poll out and McGrath won like quite handsomely, so it's Jamie McGrath. However, we did ask McGrath if that was the correct way and he dingied his, so fuck him, so it's Jamie McGrath um, (laughs) (laughs) until he says otherwise. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, thanks for listening and as always, fuck Alex Ray and a, a special fuck Jack Ross tonight. And a Merry Christmas. Oh, and a Merry Christmas as well, I And a Happy New Year. <laughs> um, but yes, fuck Jack Ross especially, and Alec Ray. The baldy hun wank. I uh, big fuck you to Craig Sampson and the Hibs kit man as well. For Aye, put trousers on, on you, a freak. A special mention to I'd you. say, mate, Jack Ross, get the fucking trainer. <laughs> <laughs> special mention to Aye. John Potter as well, fuck him. Fuck John Potter. Fuck John Potter. Fuck uh, Jack Ross and the physio, just like he did. Oh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.